It's the 150th episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast covering all sports in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. From Lima to the Ohio River and Northern Kentucky, from Eastern Indiana to Madison County and all points in between, this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit the leewmallon.com slash podcast to find your favorite podcasting platform. Music created with the Splash app. Time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. It's the big 150 on this podcast, something that I started in July 2017 and still carrying on even through this quarantine thanks to COVID 19. Nice to talk with you. Very excited. It's going to be a shorter episode than most, just because, really, we'll have a couple words of celebration, and there's a contest which is now over in Ohio, and still going in Indiana, that I'd like to talk about. There are a couple changes I'd like to bring to your attention, too. Nothing too serious. If you go to the media kit I have for my podcast, that's the leewmowen.com slash podcast, you can see I added a couple things to it. If you follow me on Twitter, you have already seen this, but that's okay. I'll explain it anyway. First up is the coverage area. Man, this was a fun time to do in uh, GIMP, and by fun time... It was quite the opposite. Actually, it wasn't too bad. But I put in a coverage area just in case if you wonder where most of the teams and schools and sports that I talk about here, and really on social media, let's be honest, that's the main area. It kind of looks like a giant storm warning uh, graphic you see on TV, but there you go. The red counties are the counties I talk about the most on this podcast. The yellow counties are teams I talk about occasionally, or they are in leagues uh, in where I talk about, so I covered those as well. Didn't realize how much I talk about on this podcast because I have Lima and Columbus in yellow. Uh, mainly hockey season, I'll talk more Columbus just because that's where most of the teams are. There's a few in Cincinnati and Dayton, but most of them are in Columbus. I have the eastern Indiana counties in red, which would be Wayne County. That's Richmond. Uh, Lima is in yellow because we do talk about uh, a couple leagues that stretch up there. Uh, Cincinnati and Dayton, of course, in the red. You might have guessed that from the name of the podcast, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And the three... Northern Kentucky counties are in red. Now, this is something I hope to improve upon for football 2020 is talk about Kentucky high school sports. The reason why I don't, I know some of the names, but I'm always afraid that I'm going to miss, you know, schools here or there. So that's something I want to work on. Also, a little bit more Eastern Indiana. I mean, there's the uh, schools in the four red counties that I talk about, but also I realize that Connersville is not in the Miami Valley. It is one county over, but that's in yellow because I do talk about the Spartans on occasion, but like the Kentucky high schools, I don't know everything about them. Grant, I don't know everything about the Ohio high schools and everything like that, but you get what I'm saying. So hopefully with this 2020 football season, which looks like it might happen after all, fingers crossed. Yeah. But, yeah, that's something I want to work on, so be on the lookout for that. But, yeah, coverage area, nice little graphic, counties in red, counties in yellow. That's the area I talk about. I also have changed up the interview section where I interview people. I have all the episodes lined up by guest on the bottom of the page. Again, the com slash podcast. You can see who all I've interviewed. The most popular guest has been Mark Schlemmer. He has been on the podcast, uh, counting the roundtables. Actually, we can do a quick count. I think 10. Place your bets now. Will it be 10? I don't know. It's actually 11. 
look at that. But last time was uh, February uh, 27, 2018. Also found out that I haven't been doing as many interview uh, episodes that I thought I've done. In fact, 2018 I've done... Uh, not 2018, but 2019 I've done maybe three, and that was it. But this year, I've changed that thanks to the uh, quarantine. I have them all ready to go, and as I do them, they'll be on there. You can click the link, and it should take you to the Radio Public listing of that episode. Listen to it and enjoy it. Yeah, I'm still very happy the last few episodes. uh, Chris Collins, play-by-play voice of Wright State, Larry Hanskin, Play-by-play voice of the Dayton Flyers, Steve Baker at Miami, Dan Horde, which was really, really cool. Chick Ludwig, a sports talk host in Cincinnati. Didn't really get to talk much about sports talk gig in Dayton that he had on WONE for a little bit. I was a guest on one of his shows, which I always thank him for. But, hey, we had a lot of great stories. And that's the big thing I love about these interviews is just you hear so much stories and their background and everything. There's a lot of stuff to learn about these folks that make up the Cincinnati Dayton sports fabric. And I definitely recommend you listen to them. Again, that's on the bottom of the page of the media kit. And when I add more, they'll go on there. In fact, next next week I have three scheduled all in the Cincinnati area. So we'll have two next week, if everything goes according to plan, and then one that following week. And tomorrow, I'm doing a first for this podcast. I'm interviewing someone that has nothing to do with Cincinnati or Dayton sports. It's something that I've always wanted to do, and I've had plans. And in fact, I look at the outline that I was going to send them, and I never did, and it still says gem on the Queen's Crown. Yeah, about that. I probably should change that. I haven't went by that podcast name in quite some time. But yeah, I'm recording that tomorrow. It'll be up Friday. Also, speaking of guesting on podcasts, I've also added a section where I'm guesting on other people's podcasts, and I have links on top of that. If you want me for your podcast for some reason, uh, there's an email link there too. In fact, after I'm done with this, hopefully I get it uploaded and ready to go, I will be hopping on the Ohio Hockey Digest on-air podcast, and I'm the first broadcaster, the second media person, to be interviewed on this young podcast, so I'm really excited for that. I had an interview last night with Jay Stevens for episode 97 of his podcast. That will be going up Thursday this week, which will be the 28th. Uh, Matt Noonan, a longtime follower and friend of mine, he had me on his podcast last week. Uh, Tom Green earlier, before the whole coronavirus struck the United States, we were talking about March Madness. It turned out to be March Sadness because, you know, no college basketball playoffs. Michael Hearn, great friend, and Seth Eves, who's a broadcaster down south. So I'm pretty sure I'm missing some. I, I don't know. But yeah, they're on there too. And I think that's all the changes. I think I mentioned about my brand new T Public button, which you can click and take to the shop and you can buy stuff with a new logo on it. And everything does help out a little bit. I get a little commission from every purchase. So, you know, if you have a little extra money, that'd be cool. And yeah, that's the big change to the media kit. Again, the LeeWMallon.com. You can click on the podcast tab. That's where everything about this podcast lives. Everything about my careers and career stats. I added my Twitter banner just because I figured people don't like just text. Maybe you do, but yeah, I, I added it there. And also, I have been considering, if you saw that Twitter poll I ran, getting back into sports writing for my own site. I used to do that. Quite constantly, uh, when I graduated college, I used to write about five to seven times a week about sports. Not always local sports, but I'm thinking about doing that. There is an opportunity that's popped up, but I won't talk about it until everything's dried on the the contact. I almost said contact. That would have been weird. But there you go. 150 episodes of this podcast. I've been quite happy with the way it's gone in terms of the quality of the sound, the interviews. Like I mentioned, still really, really happy. And I'm still going to try to get more throughout June until I get back to work. Hopefully that's soon, please. But 
yeah, I, I've been really happy, and hopefully you have enjoyed the podcast as well. I do try my best to make it a very entertaining and very fun product to listen on your smartphones, your laptops, your podcast machines, your toasters, and anything that you can do to listen to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. I think that'll give us a minute for a quick breather, a quick drink of water, tell you about the Tea Public store again, and then we'll talk about high school football helmets. Yes, there are two uh, tournaments. One of them is over. One is wrapping up. We'll talk about both of those. Sadly, I was unable to get the interview that I wanted with the person that was supposed to be my co-host and really was the final push to actually get me to start doing said podcast. That'll have to be a little bit later on, hopefully sooner than later, but you know, everyone's got their own schedules too. So hopefully I'll have her on the podcast soon. But again, a quick break to tell you about my store at Tee Public, and then we'll talk about high school football helmets. Listeners, you can buy the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast merchandise thanks to Tee Public. You have a strong choice of variety, from t-shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies, coffee mugs, phone cases, magnets, stickers, notebooks, totes, and even more. TeePublic also holds frequent sales, too, where you can save up to 35% off on just about everything. Visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast, then click on the blue Shop My Store TeePublic button. A portion of each sale helps out the podcast. What are you waiting for? Wear the gear supporting the local Sunday Sports Podcast, thanks to Tee Public. Again, visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast, then click on the blue Shop My Store at Tee Public button. Tee Public. That sure was a drink of water. Anyway, football helmets. They're kind of mandatory. And you can trace their history through lever helmets back in the day. By back in the day, I mean over 100 years ago, something like that. Anyway, there have been two tournaments running between Ohio and Indiana, ran by two separate people. And the Ohio one has finished. There has been a champion, and it's one that I've been paying attention to and voting every single matchup, and I'm definitely going to talk about that. But first, we're going to dive into the Indiana High School one. Now, this one is ran by a Twitter user, sports underscore Aaron, and Aaron happens to be an assistant sports writer at NWI. And if Twitter will work with me here, I can tell you that is the Northwest Indiana paper. Also, a Bradley grad. He's been running an Indiana High School one, There's really been only two local Indiana schools in this, however, the Richmond Red Devils, and I believe the Shenandoah Shenandoah Raiders. Let's try to get that name right. Although I could not tell you where Shenandoah is in terms of where that school is. All I know is it's a common opponent for the local Indiana schools that I do cover. Richmond, I can tell you where that is. It's in Richmond, Indiana. Like, the name suggests. Now, the Richmond helmet is a not quite a fire engine red helmet. It's got it's a sh- shade darker than that, and it's kind of got the uh, Rutgers R on it. There's a red devil on the back, and there's the number on the other side of the helmet. The first round that Richmond was in, they took on a fellow Red Devil team in Pike High School, and Richmond won that to move on to the third round where they would fall to Northview High School in the Knights by about 10% margin. And then Northview would lose in a Sweet 16. Like I mentioned, this is still going on. It's also under the hashtag Hoosier Helmet Challenge. That's H-O-O-S-I-E-R Helmet Challenge. I don't have to spell those words out for you. But yeah, Richmond, it's a very nice helmet. And I voted for it. And there you go. Richmond got past Pike, but could not get past Northview in the third round. Uh, Shenandoah, I honestly don't know. This tournament's been going on for a while. Although I will say, there is one helmet that uh, 
got me a little bit angry. Uh, not like, grr, I, I'm so angry, I'm going to write a letter or something, but you know what an Oriole is, right? It's a small bird that's normally black and orange in color. Well, on the football helmet, it's got an A and Avon on it, but the Oriole is not an Oriole. It is clearly a vulture. So, yeah, make of that what you will. I also want to say you might know about Logansport being home of the berries, but the mascot is Felix the Cat. It's actually one of the oldest Indiana mascots. It's been a thing with Logansport since 1920. I want to say 25, but I'm thinking it's 29. But, yeah, their football helmet didn't have Felix the Cat on it. It was uh, one of those wings, you know, the Michigan wings. And it was uh, black helmet, red wings. I was like, Where, but where's Felix? You, you have Felix the Cat as a mascot. Use it. It's like the time the Cleveland State had uh, Hagar the Horrible as their uh, logo for a little bit in the early 90s. That was a time. But... There you go. That's a little bit about the Richmond, uh, not Richmond, excuse me, the Hoosier Helmet Challenge, again, ran by sports underscore Aaron on Twitter, and it's in the Sweet 16, so definitely get in that challenge if you like. And, you know, the big thing is these teams will play in a national bracket, but outside that, there's no real reward. You're just looking at designs and everything like that, which I I love, and Personally, this this challenge has been something nice to keep my mind off of the quarantine. And I just typed that username incorrectly. That's not good. Thank goodness we're not live. I thought about doing a live stream for episode 150 or highlights with the last few guests saying what they would do. Or if you're just getting into the field you know, what uh, What are some good things to work on. But I decided this, and like I mentioned, I have a podcast interview in about an hour that I need to get ready for. So definitely want to talk about this before we wrap up. Again, this is a short episode, and we'll have episode 151 hopefully record tomorrow and hopefully uploaded Friday. But, yeah, you know me. I cover Southwest Ohio sports. That's uh, That's pretty much my brand. And I voted through pretty much every game. I might have missed one or two here or there. I was very happy to see Twin Valley South making the bracket. A little bit sad on Eaton not making it. Or Preble Shawnee. Or National Trail. Tri-County North got in, but they lost the first game they had. Twin Valley South didn't, but that's spoilers. Anyway, so this is from Challenge. Com. I'm sure that's how you say it. Uh, C-H-A-L-L-O-N-G-E. And this is ran by the fine folks at Ohio High School Helmets on Twitter at Ohio underscore HS underscore Helmets. They run a great website. Every high school football helmet is on this website. They have league changes such as Lebanon, Little Miami, and Winton Woods in the Eastern Cincinnati Conference. Woohoo! And they talk about, you know, the eight-man squads, the 11-man squads. They talk about teams that have been defunct, whether it be through schools closing, schools getting rid of their football team, or schools merging. That's all in there. A wonderful resource if you like football helmets like myself, and I can't speak highly enough of this website. And definitely, I had a lot of fun watching this tournament unfold. Like I mentioned, a little sad to see a couple of helmets out, but then again, how many how many schools are in Ohio that have football teams close to a billion? Yeah, that's about right. Which, by the way, did you see the news or hear about it that next year there will be even more teams getting into football playoffs? Football in Ohio is the only sport where not every school gets in. Yes. And there's now going to be 12 schools getting in per each region. So, yeah, that's, uh, what was it, 336 teams now instead of the 200-some? Hey, it's a lot better than it was in the 70s where 12 total schools would get into the playoffs. Yes, that's right. I said 12. And that's not per class. It wasn't districts by that. It was class A through, I think, quadruple A. Yeah, 12. And if you were number 13, tough. So, again... You can see all this breakdown 
uh, either on Twitter, which we're going to have to do a little bit of surfing down below because this has ended uh, a while back. The best local teams that got through, I think it was the Elite Eight, uh, it was Goshen and Sydney. They fell before they can get to the Final Four. So unfortunately, no local teams got up that high. But I was very excited to see you know, some of the teams do well. And you know me, I, I like... I like logos. I like jerseys. I like, you know, color schemes. I'm a big design nerd like that. Will I ever get into work like that? Probably not. But, hey. It was broken down into two brackets, red and blue. There's also an orange one on here, but it hasn't been updated. So, I believe it's not real. It was red, blue, and then your final Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteens, Final Four, baby! And then the championship. So we'll start off with the red bracket. If I recall correctly, that's what Twin Valley South was seated in. On the page, you use your hand, not your actual hand, but like on the screen, you drag through it. So uh, the first round, we had locally... Well, the first one I could talk about, New Albany out of Columbus. They beat Zane Trace uh, 56% to 44. Pickerington Central got by Brooklyn very easily, 68-32. And I... Oh, Lima Central Catholic. That's our first real team. The last one in the first round. They got by Canton Central Catholic quite easily, 71% to 29%. This is all out of 100%. Don't ask me about the margin of error because I'm pretty sure there isn't one. So... Let's start off with the first big round of teams. This is where you know your first rounders would go. So locally, you have Washington Courthouse. They fell in their first game to Clear Fork, 59-41. Schroeder out of Cincinnati. They beat South Range, 69-31. Bishop Watterson fell to New Albany in the Battle of the Eagles in Columbus, 68-32. Skipping Wadsworth, New Philadelphia, looking for... The next local team, we'll mention Pickerington Central again, 77% to Steubenville Catholic Central, 23. Pickerington Central went pretty far in this tournament. I think they fell to another first-round team in Indian Valley. Let's see, the next one, Marion Local, they fell to West Brands, 58-42. Purcell Marion beat Cardinal, 53-47, a close one there for the Cavaliers, but they moved on. They had a nice run in this tournament as well. Here is a nice one. Brookville and Mississinawa Valley. If I scroll down the Twitter timeline enough, I can tell you that Brookville's is a blue helmet, a black block B letter with a pitchfork sticking out of the letter because they are the Blue Devils. And the Mississinawa Valley Blackhawks. Kind of... Kind of different from the Philadelphia Eagles ones. If you think the wings on the helmets, they're more up on the helmet. It's not like helmet ends. Here's the wing that goes further on the helmet. It's a little bit further. It's like smaller wings, if you will. Uh, Brookville won that, like I mentioned. And I don't think there's any way I'm going to go all the way down to talk about this. Hopefully I remember them so I can actually talk about it and not just fumbling around like I normally do. But there you go. So Brooklyn won that. However, in that next round, they fall to Indian Valley, 68-32. The Blue Devils did. Looking at the next one, Lima Central Catholic, their second game. They faced off against Aurora, and the Thunderbirds came out on top again, 57% to 43%. However, they would meet up with Hebron Lakewood next, who defeated Cincinnati's Marymount Warrior Squad, 52-48. Very close one there. Lakewood would take it from LCC 56-44%. And it was not finished. This is going to be a common thing, I believe. Going back to the first round, Columbus Academy, they fell in their first game to Westland 53-47. But Westland fell in their next game to St. Thomas Aquinas 53-47. Greenview, they get past their first opponent in Kenton. By a considerable margin. Now, Green used the Rams. They're in Jamestown, Ohio, in Green County. And you would think, Ramhorns. You'd be right, because they are the Rams, after all. But this isn't your... This isn't your grandfather's type of Rams. These are new Rams. Not new like the L.A. Rams, which a lot of people had problems with it. I didn't. 
I mean, it's still the shape of a ram horn, so, you know. It kind of looks like a moon on the second part, but now I'm talking about high school helmets. Greenview has them um, kind of like slashed. They're like little slashes in the horn, and some of them are missing, but it, it loops into ram's horns. It's a neat look. So Greenview won that, and they did pretty well. They got past St. Thomas Aquinas 61-39%, but fell... And I believe that's the semifinals, semifinals, yes, semifinals of the red bracket, fifty-four forty-six to Lakewood again. Looking through on here, Delphos Jefferson, that's a Lima area school. They fell to Youngstown East by two percentage points, fifty-one forty-nine. That's pretty tough. However, Mansfield Senior will knock off Youngstown East next, sixty-one thirty-nine. Archbold, they are a common uh, playoff foe in uh, playoff time for football. They beat Colonel Crawford, you know, the the guy, not the football team, uh, 62-38%. And then Archbold would take it against Dayton Dunbar, 76-24%. The Dayton Dunbar helmet, I don't know why I keep saying Dayton Dunbar, but Dunbar's helmet. Do you know what the Duke Blue Devils logo looks like? Okay, take away the blue devil in front of it. It looks like that. It's a nice look. I, I'm surprised that Dunbar only got 24% of the votes. A little bit sad, but that sets up Archbold taking on the winner of this contest, the Covington Buccaneers and McKinley. That's Canton McKinley, I believe. And the Buccaneers take three-fourths of the votes, 75-25. However, they fell just short to Archbold, 51-49. So a nice run there by Covington. Spencerville up in Lima, the Bearcats, they have the S claw instead of, you know, the UCC claw. It's an S because Spencerville starts with an S, not a C. They fall by 10 percentage points to Rhodes, who beat Fairfield Union in their first game, 52-48, beating Spencerville 55-45, then falling to Mentor, 57-43. Looking at the next closest team. I was going to say Oak Hill, but that is not Oak Hills, the Highlanders, because Oak Hills actually did a pretty nice job through the bracket. This is Oak Hill... Where are they at? I want to say Cleveland, but I don't think that's right. They fell to Columbus South, and then Aiken, the Falcons, they fall to the same Columbus South team, 65-35%. Bacomb gets past CCPA, which I thought that was the Cincinnati... School Performing Arts, but I don't think that's correct. What is CCPA? Hmm. Let's scroll on down a little bit more. Eventually, we will. There's a team called the Garfield G-Men, and I don't believe their logo was a cat, because it's the G-Men. They fall to Louisville. Yes, I learned that it's not pronounced Louisville. It's Louisville. 5941. Going back to local schools, the Belmont Bison, they have a nice color scheme. If you think Dayton Flyers' old colors, like, you know, the light Columbia blue and the red, that's the Bison. They fall just short to West Holmes, 51-49. Now, my Twin Valley South Panthers, because I am from West Alexandria, and I went there until about halfway through sixth grade, used to be the football team had red helmets, white mask, that was it. Nothing on them. It's kind of like Valley Views, except Valley View has Navy because they don't have red in the color scheme. But in the past decade, Twin Valley South changed up their helmet a little bit. They have the Panther logo on what they had the Kansas City Wildcat, Kansas City, Kansas State Wildcat on one side and numbers. Now they have pewter helmets with a stylized Panther with TVS at the throat. It's a very sharp look. And if you're wondering why pewter, well, Twin Valley South is, you know, red and gray. And no, it's not scarlet and gray. It's red. Twin Valley South beat Willoughby South in the Battle of the Souths, 57-43, but then the Panthers fell to Louisville and the Leopards, 61-39. I was very happy to see Twin Valley South in this bracket. Like I mentioned, would have loved to seen Eaton. In case you don't know what Eaton's football helmet looks like, take the old Seattle Seahawks logo and make it purple and pale gold. There you go. I think it's been stylized since their move from Park Avenue. In fact, the old field used to have the painting of the eagle via the old Skyhawk, Skyhawk, Sky, Seahawk logo. 
in the NFL. I think they stylized it a bit. I wanted to see that one. But I know there's so many football helmets, so, you know, some teams had to be left out there. Or else we're still playing this, aren't we? LaSalle. Wow, the Lancers had a very nice run throughout. And I voted for LaSalle all but one. I will talk about it. First game was against Northview. Not the same Northview in Indiana, of course. And the Lancers took three-fourths of the vote. Then they faced Wooster. Not the college, Wooster High School. And LaSalle won that 83-17. And then they take on Cleveland Heights, which are the Tigers. Let me tell you about the football helmets of Cleveland Heights. Do you know what the Cincinnati Bengals helmets look like? Well, make it Steelers colors. Black helmet, yellow stripes. That's what they look like. I voted for that. I know, I'm the most evil person in the world. Because I voted all Cincinnati Dayton schools. Except that time. Just because of the fact... Well, I think all of them. I like those better, honestly. But I don't know. There's just something about seeing helmets that are from the NFL design like I mentioned, the Cincinnati Bengals, and seeing them in different colors. I don't know why I love that, but I just, I couldn't resist. I mean, LaSalle ended up winning against Cleveland Heights 55-45, and then they take on Beaver Eastern 62-38. LaSalle would, and then they beat Lutheran West 60-40. I told you LaSalle had a great one. However, they fall short to Utica 54-46. Utica had a tremendous run, a run that can't be beat. That's a little bit of a spoiler there, because yes, they did win the whole thing. Like I mentioned, the Final Four, no local Cincinnati Dayton squads made it, and all of them were Northeast Ohio, like Cleveland area. Actually, Utica, closer to Columbus than Bellevue. I looked up these places just because I don't know where these are, and I want to sound smart. Mentioned LaSalle having a good run. Well, the Oakwood Lumberjacks, their female teams are the Lumberjills, their male counterparts are the Lumberjacks. They have a Lumberjack axe down the middle. Not like a real one, that'd be weird, but like a logo of the Lumberjacks axe down the middle. And I love that look. And Oakwood did well. Actually, I thought they made it a little bit further. I failed to realize they fell in their second game. I thought they made it to like the third round. Oakwood beat Rittman 52-48, but fell to the Jackson Ironman, a school that has an orange helmet, just like the Cleveland Browns do. Quite plain, but hey, it works. And I keep thinking Jackson's the team that faced against Valley View during the Spartan State runs back in the 90s, but no, I'm thinking of Ironton? Ironton? Yeah, Ironton. Sure, let's go with that. Oakwood falls in their second game. Your next team around here, the Centerville Elks, which I thought they still had kind of like, you know, the wings of the Michigan Wolverines. You know, that look. Arcanum has it, which that would have been a cool helmet to see, too. It's black with orange wings. I thought Centerville had, it's kind of like a modified one where it's more like tape, not exactly full wings up the sides. And it kind of looked like a bunch of antlers because, you know, the Elks. No. It's just the Centerville Elks logo, the classic Centerville Elks logo. They fall to Selineville Southern, 54-46. The Taft Senators, a squad, a school in Cincinnati that I quite like the color color scheme, not scream, that would be weird, of green and gold. The Senators fall to Westfall by two percentage points. Next local school, looks like it's the Piqua Indians. They also fall by two points to Chalker who falls in the next round to Ridgewood by two percentage points. Yeah, it was a really close one. Piqua used to have... Actually, when the Dayton Flyers changed the logo to what they have now, everyone said, looks a lot like the Piqua Indians one, where it's, like, stylized and it's an Indian head. Well, yeah. it's. Uh, I think that's what it looked like. There's a lot of helmets that I'm trying to remember. The next local school, Bishop Hartley in Columbus, they fall in the first... Round to Toledo Christian, 70-30. Which also Michael Hearn shared with me, I think it was a video, and the uh, voiceover guy sounded a little bit like me. I was like, no, it doesn't. I was like, oh my God, yes, it does. 
and uh, Bishop Hartley was in the video because they have a very weird baseball field with very weird dimensions. I think it's like very short and left side because that's where the school is, and then the right's like it can't be 400. It's high school. You, you you see where I'm going with this. It's a great video, so go find it. Just look for Bishop Hartley baseball, and I'm sure it'll pop up. Xenia and the Buccaneers. I like Xenia and the Buccaneers. They have the letter X, a block X on the helmets. It's a white helmet. And they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, danger arg flag, which is black on the blue X. I like this helmet, and it went quite far, did the Buccaneers. Their first game, they beat Wheelersburg by a considerable margin. I think Wheelersburg... Yeah, I can't say Wheelersburg. Have the first bet. Uh, 83-17. I think uh, W. Berg had a plain orange helmet, if I'm remembering right. I'm probably not. A close shave for Xenia. They beat Toledo Central Catholic by two percentage points, then beat Benedictine the next round, 60-40, and then take on Reedsville Eastern, 68-32. However, the next game was the last one for Xenia. They fall to Utica, 56-44. They turn out to be the champions of this whole kit and caboodle. And like I mentioned, Utica will play in the national... I say play, but they will be in the national bracket with all the other states and their school winners. So definitely I'll vote for Utica unless there's... You know what I realized the other day? I shared it on Twitter. There is a high school in Louisiana that has Snoopy. On their helmets. It's it's fantastic. I can't imagine how many schools actually carry football, especially like Texas or California. I mean, how many schools have that? I can't, I don't know how many in Ohio exactly, but I know there's a lot. So there you go. There's a lot of helmets to go through. I think we're almost done with the red. Looking for the next local team. Hopefully I'm not skipping any. Um, let's go, well, Utica, they start off in the second round. They beat Lexington 74-26, and then Ravina, who have like a stylized raven down the middle in the stripe. However, Utica took on Ravina and crushed them 73-27. Shawnee, I think that's the next local team. I want to say that's Springfield Shawnee, because Preble Shawnee was not in it, because Preble Shawnee's helmets have the Kansas City Chief uh, Arrowhead and instead of, you know, KC or IH like Indian Hill does in Cincinnati, it's PS because, you know, it's Preble Shawnee. I want to say that's Springfield Shawnee or Clark Shawnee as it's technically called. They beat Western Reserve Academy 83-17 but then fall short to Coventry 60-40. Colerain is our next local team, the Cardinals. Their Cardinal logo has teeth like all birds do. It's like the Louisville Cardinal logo, except it's a little bit different in style. But, yeah, it has teeth. Colerain had a nice run. They beat London and the Red Raiders, 68-32. John Marshall, 60, or make it 56-44. And then fall to Troy, who had a very nice run themselves, did the Trojans, 56-44. Troy started off with a 61-39 win over South Point. Their helmets, they're silver, and they have the Trojan star on them, Trojans in cursive, and that red outline star, which I'd love to know the history on that. I mean, I don't know when that became a thing for Troy, but it's it's a classic. I think Troy football used to have the Trojan head on it, you know, like USC or, well, San Jose State's the Spartans, but something like that. You get where I'm going with this. Looking at the next local team, I guess that's Hamilton Township in Columbus. They fall to Connaughton Valley, 74-26. Coldwater, a nice run, but they fall to Detroit Trojans in their third game in the fourth round. First off, the Cavaliers, once named the Yellow Jackets. They beat Collinwood uh, three-fourths of the vote. Then beat Harrison Central, 65-35, but then falling to Troy, 58-42. At the next local school, roll that up. Like I mentioned, I have to make sure all these... Ursuline, that sounds like St. Ursula in Cincinnati, but that's not correct because St. Ursula is a female-only school in Cincy. Looking for the next local team. Tri-Valley is in Dresden. That's not Tri-Village. Tri-Village was another one that didn't get in. But picture the New England Patriots flying Elvis logo and then put TV instead of the star because it's Tri-Village. 
But then, again, you have a Patriot head that says TV on it. Let's watch TV. Okay. But no, that's Tri-Valley. That's Dresden, Tri-Valley, and the Scotties, if I remember right. Like the dog, Scottish Terrier. Redding, the Redding Blue Devils. Often get Redding and Norwood mixed up, mascot-wise. I don't know why. Redding is the Blue Devils, and they fell to Ada, 69-31. St. Ignatius up in Cleveland, they had a nice run. They have a yellow helmet with a paw print since they are the Wildcats. They have a pretty nice run. Zanesville, they beat Clinton Massey for their first game, 59-41. I like Zanesville's. They are, I'm pretty sure they're the, they're the Devils, but I'm trying to remember if they're the Blue Devils or just the Devils. It's very uh, Americana, red, white, and blue. And Clinton Massey, when I was in high school in Valley View, they had the old Atlanta Falcons Falcon on there. Now I think they have an interlocking CM on their helmet. No. They have the Liberty Flames logo. And it says Massey Falcons. I just remember that. I'm glad I did. Uh, Delphos St. John's. They get a buy into the second round, but they fall to Lisbon, 72-28. Delaware Hayes, the Pacers. They fall to Berkshire, 65-35. Who beat Fairfield the first round. I was a little sad to see Fairfield exit so early. The Indians logo, I don't believe there's any school that has it. It's very custom, and it's very nice. But the Indians could not get by. And West Jefferson, they fall to Northridge, the Polar Bears. They have a silver helmet, a Polar Bear claw on it that says Bears. Yeah, I don't know why they're the Polar Bears either, but I love that name. Uh, Northridge beat West Jefferson 66-34, but then fall to Maslin Jackson 56-44. And that is your red bracket. We'll now go to the blue bracket, and hopefully we get this done soon, because like I mentioned, I have that podcast starting very, very shortly. And it doesn't help that this wants to fight with me. This is the blue side. This is where Tri-County North was. Uh, Twin Valley South went a little bit further than their Panther counterparts up north in Lewisburg. North's helmet is silver, and they have the they have their own different Panther look. Yes, they're the Panthers. They share that name with Twin Valley South. Yes, Tri-County North used to be Twin Valley North until about 1985, and then they changed names. If you wonder why, because part of the school district bleeds in the dark and Montgomery counties, and most of it's in Preble. There's your Tri. And every time I say Tri-County North, I always think about the Tri-County Mall and then realize that it is... It's seen better days. Let's be real. First local team right off the bat in the blue bracket. Blanchester beats Shaker Heights 59-41, but then falls to Beaver Creek, who's got an orange beaver on their helmets, 64-36. And then Beaver Creek falls to Trotwood Masson, 56-44. The Rams, who also have not quite the same style as the old school Ram. It's a little bit different. It's not quite like Greenview's, I don't think. But, yeah, very nice helmets. They fall, or actually, the Rams beat St. X, who have a different style X compared to Xavier, if Xavier still had club football. Very sad when they followed their program. Then in their last few years, they had a lot of injury problems, so that stunk. But Bombers fall to Trotwood Madison, 75-25. Trotwood Madison, they beat Beaver Creek, but then fall to Goshen, who was one of two teams to make it as far as they could in the Sunday area. 55-45. There is another local team, Goshen, like I mentioned. They took on Waynesville Goshen. And no, these two schools are not near each other. Goshen is in, what would that be? Brown County? Adams County? One of those counties? East of Cincinnati? Waynesville Goshen is up north towards Lima. And I'm blanking on what the name of Iver School is. Waynesville Goshen has a yellow helmet. Goshen has kind of like a dark silver pewter helmet. Goshen beats Waynesville Goshen, 75-25. Then Goshen goes on to beat Eastwood, 59-41. Miami Trace, 63-37. Goshen beats Tribal Madison, 55-45. And then takes on the Wilmington Hurricane and hands Wilmington their first and only loss by two percentage points. And then another close shave for Goshen. They beat out Fort Loramie and the Redskins, 51-49. We'll tell you that Goshen... 
I believe they fell to Columbia to end their streak in the Final Four. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I mentioned Miami Trace. They did win their first game. They took on Warren Harding, and they won about two-thirds of the vote. The Wilmington Hurricane, they have a black helmet and a hurricane in orange because that's Wilmington's colors. Not to be confused with Wilmington College, who are the Fighting Quakers and have that weird, like, hand WC logo now. And they have gone the Seattle Seahawks route, meaning they like their classic shade of green and the lime green in it. It's actually a nice look. I'm not complaining on that, but, you know, there you go. Yeah, anyway, the Wilmington Hurricane, I mentioned, they fall to Goshen for their only loss, but quite a ride for the Kane. They beat Wyndham. 73-27, 73-27, Youngstown Liberty, 74-26, Perrysburg, 54-46, Perrysburg, the Yellow Jackets. So that meant their helmet had uh, honeycombs on there, which Yellow Jackets don't make because Yellow Jackets are jerks and they don't make honey like bees. But, you know, Georgia Tech does it and I'm sure there's plenty more schools that do that, but hey, it's not a big deal. We're talking about football helmets. Wilmington then beats Akron East 56-44 to set up with their close loss to Goshen. So yeah, I, I like I mentioned, I voted for all the Sunday schools except one battle, and it was Cleveland Heights against LaSalle. Because again, a Cincinnati Bengals helmet in Pittsburgh Steeler colors. Madness, I say. Your next local school looks like it's Triad and the Cardinals. They fall to Akron East in their first game, 62-38. Looking for more local schools. We'll talk about Pickerington North. Pretty soon I'm going to have to change this podcast the Cincinnati Columbus and Dayton sports podcast aren't I I talk about Columbus sports a lot and that's also something I've thought about doing as well we're going to have a lot of football scores throughout this but hey if I learn more maybe I'll be you know utilized more as a broadcaster who knows Pickerington North they beat their first game against Lakeview 65-35 but then fall to Northwood 60-40 your next local school is Withrow in the Tigers. They will be making the way back in the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference this year. I had the honor to call their last ECC home opener in football last year where they blanked Loveland 39 to nothing. They have the, I think that's Clemson, the Clemson Paul Print, except black helmet, orange Paul Print. It's a nice helmet, but they lost to Tuslaw 57-43. Indian Hill and the Braves in Cincinnati. I mentioned they have the arrowhead and IH interlocking. Black helmets, white arrowhead, and red letters. They fall to Mapleton 58-42 in the first game, the second round. Tri-County North, they fall to Caldwell in their first game, 76-24. I was a little bit surprised on this because that Panther does look very sharp on the silver helmet. I mentioned Twin Valley South, a pewter helmet. It's a darker shade, whereas Tri-County North is more like your gray, sparkly silver. Do they actually sparkle? I don't know, but there you go. Looking for the next local team, turns out to be Fort Loramie, who had a nice ride the Redskins did. They beat Columbus Grove, which is nowhere near Columbus. It's up north, past Lyman, towards Finley. Fort Loramie won that 68-32, then beat Whetstone 72-28, then Caldwell 54-46, and Tuslaw uh, 60-40 before Fort Loramie fell by 2-2 Goshen. We have CVCA. I'm pretty sure that's Cuyahoga Valley, but they took on Olentangy Liberty and won 64-36. But then the Loveland Tigers, who have an L, because it's Loveland, but no, they have the L. It's kind of like the Cincinnati Bearcats logo, except it's the old school Cincinnati Bearcats logo, which means it's straighter. Orange letters, orange claw. It's very sharp. I like Loveland's logo, and not just because I broadcast Loveland Tigers football last year and hope to come back for 2020. Anyway, Tigers, they had a nice run. They beat CVCA by nearly three-fourths of the vote, then beat Medina. 54-46, but then fall to Clay and the Eagles, who have a nice yellow helmet and not quite a darker green shade of wing. Loveland Flight of Clay, 57-43. Next up, it's the Milton Union Bulldogs. They won their first matchup against Buckeye, who's a team in Northwest Ohio, kind of Bucyrus. I think that's Bucyrus. I could be totally wrong on that. But they're the Bucks, and they have orange helmets with antlers. Milton Union won that one, 55-45 to avenge their neighbors to the east and the Bethel Bees. You know, animals that make honey. 
but they don't have it. They have oh, I, I, they have kind of like diagonal stripes. It's a dark green stripe towards the back of the head, and then there's a yellow stripe, and then the rest of the helmet's white, and there's the fighting Bethel B. They could not get past Buckeye, 56-44. Milton Union took care of Buckeye, but then fell to Clay, 52-48, to end their trip in the Ohio High School Helmet Tournament. Clay had a very big win against Worthington Christian, 83-17 for their first matchup, by the way. Now, New Miami took on Lakota, and you might honestly think that is Lakota East or West. No, there's another Lakota. This is not Westchester Lakota. I don't know where Lakota is. But New Miami fell 77-23. New Miami's the Vikings. No Viking horns. They have the interlocking MV and MNNV. That's their logo on their helmets. Wapakoneta, their first game, they fell to the same Lakota squad, 59-41. But then Lakota would fall to Brexville next. I believe that's the Brexville Bees. They fell 58-42. Next local team, Ottawa Glandorf, the Titans. They have a god-throwing lightning bolts, Titans. And their basketball gym is the Supreme Court. Yeah, you try to find a better name for that. Uh, they fall to Fremont Ross, 69-31. They're the little giants, if I recall correctly. And Fremont Ross had a nice run. They fell by one percentage point to Brexville in what is the fourth round. Next local team, we'll stick with Columbus. Worthington Kilbourne. They are the Wolves, and they have, I think it's a giant stretched-out K, almost like the King's Knights uh, helmet, except it's blue-letter white helmet. At least I hope that's right. Like I said, I'm going off memory on most of this just because trying to go through the Twitter timeline on a time crunch is not fun. They fall to Cardinal Stritch, 71-29. Next local team, that's the Anderson Redskins. AHS on the side, there's feathers growing out of the A, and there's a nice orange stripe. That's the only team that I did not get to see after taking the Loveland Tigers uh, PBP job. They beat St. Mary's Memorial and the Rough Riders 79-21, then beating Glen Oak 55-45, beating Shamna Julian out of Dayton 63-37, but then falling to Columbia, a Final Four participant, 55-45. Shamna Julian got past the first game against Tusky Central Catholic, which is in Tuscarawas County. That's a fun name to say. Hilliard Davidson out of Columbus. They beat Columbiana Crestview 62-38, but then fall to Columbia 75-25. Harvest Prep in Columbus, they fall by two points to Revere 51-49, but then Revere falls over uh, three-fourths of the vote to Columbia 76-24. Bexley's in Columbus. They fell to Athens. That's one that... I just couldn't get behind. It's fine. It's a nice helmet. It's pale gold, and there's an A and a long oval. If you think of the Miamisburg Viking logo or the Maroon Hornets logo without, you know, the Hornet, it's like that, except it's an A because it's Athens. Looking for the next home team. I sound like I'm a computer saying that, I'm sure, but looks like it is the Wayne Warriors. They had a first-round battle with Cincinnati Moeller. And Wayne won it 69-31. Wayne's helmet is a long W with a warrior head in the middle. And I'm forgetting what Moeller's is. I think it might be the Moeller M shield that they've gone to the past few years. Then Wayne fell to Amanda Clear Creek around the Columbus area, 57-43. Mount Healthy. They won their first game against Brunswick and the Owls, 63-37. They have an owl wing on there. But then they fall to the same Amanda Clear Creek. I believe they're the Aces, if I remember right, by two percentage points. Madeira, the next local team to talk about. They beat Boardman 80-20. But then fall to... Actually, no, I beg your pardon. They beat Lakeside 75-25. Massillon Perry 53-47. The Columbus Crusaders, who are a non-OHSAA team... Meaning if you play them, that's fine. You can claim it as a win, but those points aren't counting towards your playoff run. No sorry. Madeira won that 54-46. And then they beat Philo, a team that I voted for a lot just because I like the Lightning Bolt, like the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers or what the Northmont Thunderbolts had before changing it. Change it back. Anyway, Philo had a good run. Madeira had a very nice run. They fall to Bellevue, the runner-up in this tournament, 
by a score of 51-49. Like I mentioned, Madeira had a very, very, very nice run. Looking for the next home team. Looks like it's Cincinnati Northwest. They have a very stylish Northwest N on it with ticks on the top, or serifs, I guess they're called. They are the Knights, and they're also in the Coleraine Township School District, which I didn't know that until earlier this year. Good run for the Knights. They beat Ayersville and the Pilots, 52-48. Miami Valley Christian Academy, uh, 57-43, which, by the way, they beat Wellington. MBCA did 65-35, and Matthews, 61-39. Northwest would fall by seven-tenths of the vote to Philo, however. I think I did vote for Northwest in that one. Like I mentioned, there was only one exception. It was Cleveland Heights. I'm sorry, LaSalle. Uh, Chilla Coffee, they fall in their first game to Waverly. Waverly is a common uh, playoff team mentioned in Division Four with Valley View. That's why they get a mention here. Cavaliers of Chilla Coffee fall to Waverly 63-37. Philo had a very nice run, like I mentioned, and looking for the next one, Dublin Kaufman we'll talk about. The the Rocks, they won three games and fall to Bellevue 60-40. Dublin Kaufman beat West Muskingum, Fairview, and Gerard. We look at the next one. There's a school called Stryker. They beat Smithfield, Smithville, which is not around here, but then they fall to Triway. Benjamin Logan and the Raiders, sometimes just called Ben Logan, sometimes just called the Raiders. They fall to North Ridgeville in the first round, 75-25. There's a school called Shelby, but not in Shelby County. Newark Catholic, they beat Cardington Lincoln, 52-48, but then fall to Sydney, who is the second team to get close to the Final Four. Sydney would beat LeBray, 71-29. They have the fighting yellow jacket in front with a Italian-sized S with no filling in the middle and Sydney on there because they are from Sydney, after all. Sydney would then beat Newark Catholic, 53-47. North Ridgeville, 53-47. Columbus St. Francis de Sales had a nice run, but they fall short to Sydney, 63-37. Olentangy falls to Sydney, 54-46, and then they fall to Bellevue. Because like I mentioned, Sydney, along with Goshen, were the only two schools around Cincinnati-Dayton to get far, to get that far, I should say. Troy Christian, they fall in their first game by under a percentage point to St. Francis of Sales, 50-49. St. Henry, they have a rough ride against Riverdale, 74-26. St. Henry's helmet looks just like Twin Valley Souths did back in the day. In fact, the only time Twin Valley South made the playoffs was 99, and they've made it quite far. I think they won two or three games, did TVS, but then they fall by a touchdown to St. Henry and the Redskins. We have more to cover, hopefully not too much more. Summit Country Day, they had a nice run. Uh, they won two, but then fall to another Cincinnati school. They beat Layman Catholic 63-37. Streetsboro 57-43, but then fall to Oak Hills 60-40. Oak Hills would then fall in the next game to Lucas and the Cubs 55-45. By the way, Oak Hills got their tournament start in the second round against Liberty Center, which no, you think that would be a school district in by Liberty Center by 75. It's not. That's Lakota East. Stop asking. Kettering Fairmont, their first game, they fall to the Fiance, 74-26. I think Crestline is the Lima one, and we are at the bottom of this bracket. They beat Crestwood, 63-37. They beat Connacht, I think that's how you say that, 66-34, but then fall to Olentangy. Have a nice run themselves, do the Braves. 61-39. The Braves get it underway by beating the Johnstown Johnnies. They are towards the Newark area, off sometimes called Johnstown Monroe, because Johnstown's the village, Monroe's the township. Olentangy beats Johnstown 79-21, Crestline 61-39, Defiant 63-37, Lucas 54-46, but then Olentangy meets the end against Sydney. And that's it. That's both brackets. And going against the thing, I did mention the Hicksville Aces at all, but their logo, they literally have a pair of four Aces. It's its awesome. They're the Hicksville Aces, and they have four cards with Aces on them. 
I, I tell you, that is a great one. And Ironton had the plain orange helmet. I think Jackson and the Ironman had the J. They had a J on it. So, yeah, uh, I highly recommend going to the website, ohiohshelmets.webs.com, if you want to see any of these helmets. If you like logos and helmets and jerseys and such like that, there are no jerseys on this site, just helmets. That's what the name implies. We will go to the final four and we'll tell you. I already spoiled it. Sorry about that. Bellevue falls to Utica. Utica's helmet is very nice. They are the Redskins, and they have, starting at the crown of the helmet, a big, I don't know what to call it, but they have a lot of feathers going in from that. And, yeah, it it is a very nice helmet. I, I was a little sad to not see a Cincinnati Dayton squad get to the Final Four, but Bellevue beats Columbia, in the first Final Four game, 50.6 to 49.4%. Out of 2,597 votes. Columbia's helmet, it's kind of like teal green. It's like toothpaste green, as I call it. Which, if you don't know what you're looking at, you won't know what I'm talking about. But it's got a nice shade of green. A thick stripe in the middle. And it looks like the Columbus Clippers C, except I honestly can't tell what that is in the middle. It looks like a fish and a... Uh, it's the Columbus Raid or Columbus Columbia Raiders, and they took on the Bellevue Redmen. The Redmen had kind of like a spear, not like the spear where you know you throw it. It it looks like it's a feather after the spear part. It's and it's uh, light gray too. And the second final four matchup is the West Holmes Knights, which is knights in cursive and blue with red trim. A red and blue and red stripe down the middle, blue face mask. And the Utica Redskins helmet, like I mentioned, the feathers on the side. And the headband from about where the point where I think face mask would have been bolted on a long time ago. This one's a runaway for Utica. They win it 61.5 to 35.5 against Wentz Holmes. And we scroll up a little bit to talk about the championship. Final results out of 2,458 votes. Utica, 54.7% to Bellevue, 45.3%. And that is your tournament throughout the whole thing. Yeah. That that was a helmet tournament. I mentioned Ohio Hockey Digest uh, hockey uh, jerseys. This one was not user-submitted. It was created by the folks behind the website, which I mentioned, yeah, it's, it, it, it stunk not to see Eaton's helmet or National Trail's helmet, which I never did talk about National Trail's helmet. Unless it's changed over the years, it's an orange helmet with the NT italicized. It's the letter logo that they have. It used to be, I think they had the blazer, like the old school, like Davy Crockett look on it. I don't know if they have that. I really don't know what National Trails helmet is. Hey, let's find out. Let's go a little bit further as we are supposedly celebrating the 150th episode of this podcast. But yeah, it was a fun tournament. I enjoyed voting and I shared some stuff with it. Actually, it looks like last year they had a football logo on it with 50 years on it. I believe National Trail is that young. But then again, remember before, you know, there was five school districts in Preble County. There was like a lot more and one room schoolhouses and everything like that. So, yeah, actually, before that, it was a plain orange helmet. And the NT lettering, like I said, has been used since 2016. I'm glad we had this talk. But there we go. It also had kind of like a Tennessee look. From 2013, 2014. 2013, they had white helmets and orange letters and numbers on the other side. Then 2014, they switch sides and they switch the coloring on the helmets. So yeah, helmets and hopefully football soon. I am very excited that there has been some progress on this. Schools can start letting athletes train again with the proper protocols. And I can only see that as a positive. But... As the summer goes on, hopefully we will have more news and hopefully better news along the way. 150 episodes of Cincinnati and Dayton Sports, and holy cow, this episode has went over an hour. How did that happen? 
The answer is, I don't know. I didn't realize talking about helmets would take that long time. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast, wherever you started at the very beginning, episode one, where it turned out I put the bit rate a little bit too low and the sound quality went to kaput. Or wherever you just started with one of the interviews, it's nice to have you aboard, and it's nice that you continue to listen to this podcast. Like I mentioned, episode 151, it's going to be a special interview. It's the first one where I'm interviewing someone outside the Sunday area. And then next week, I'll have three interviews with some more Cincinnatians in the media. Two right, one is a sports anchor on TV, and a uh, sports reporter is the actual term. But yeah. We'll have more Cincinnati Dayton fun as the weeks go on. And next Friday happens to be my 32nd birthday as well. So, yay. I don't think I'm doing anything special for that. Say happy birthday. I'll be happy. The three-year episode will be late July, and I am have to start thinking about what I want to have happen. So, Until episode 151, this has been the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Again, thank you for listening. Here's to many more episodes talking about local Cincinnati Dayton sports. Talk to you again on this podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcasts. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at theleewmowen and at Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app. Then search for the local Sunday sports group to submit your future Mowen's Mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.